0: Game Boys. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys podcast. My name is Lux, and I'm your host. Joining me as always, he's cleaning up the leftovers from the Cum Factory explosion.
1: It's Griffin Davis. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so the Bulls, uh, they can't do it on their own. They need factories to make them come and and we need to take care of those factories lest we get a repeat of this week's incident
0: in which one exploded and firemen had to dodge flaming semen to get to the scene and save human lives it was a real come noble it was a real Uh, it was a real come noble here's the thing about it that blew my mind is this ready uh uh-huh um how is that not the most talked about thing on the internet
1: for a whole day yeah that's how bad it's gotten that's how toxic the culture has become things
0: are so fucked up and grim that like a cum factory explodes which is like the punchline to
1: every twitter joke anyway and no (laughs) one even cares to talk about it just the the existence of the cum factories um, the the fact that they're unstable uh, the fact that we need to pass laws and I don't know have proper coverage I don't know how how many more are out there, and is there any kind of uh, come fallout? Uh, do we have to kill all the dogs, the <laughs> wild dogs in the area yeah. uh, that are? Just oh my god! The wait, cum?
0: what if these wild? What if thirty to fifty feral hogs get their hands oh, on this wild bull come? It's and- really, all,
1: it's the crossover event of the century. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I said a few weeks ago on the podcast that uh, it just doesn't matter anymore. And it, I think the fifty hogs. Collectively, like broke our brains, Uh, and that's why it's like you know there's aliens, like like Blink One Eighty Two found the aliens. There's a cum factory. Who, who, what even matters anymore? Um, One last question. You're, I mean, you're right. I have
0: nothing. Like I can't. I have nothing to engage that with because that's true. It just seems like we're all broken now. I think you're right. Thirty to fifty feral hogs. The last time anything made any sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, here's my last thing about this. Is a I don't understand what's hot enough in a cum factory to cause an explosion.
1: Like, what are they running? (laughs) What are they running in there? Uh, And why don't they have an A-Z-5 button? Uh, (laughs) There's a switch (laughs) to turn off all the
0: guys and she's overheating there.
1: She's overheating. We got to pull the switch. Abort. Um, I really I really like that Chernobyl show. And then it turned out like the head writers like a fucking scab, uh, which sucks.
0: Yeah, I like that show. You know about this? I like that show except for uh, it doesn't understand how nuclear power works. Oh, okay, And you do. Better than that show. (laughs) What does it get wrong? Um, It just does this thing where like it doesn't draw distinctions between types of reactors. And Chernobyl was very notably a breach reactor and not a liquid metal reactor. And so like the thing about nuclear power is that breach reactors are bad for reasons we don't need to get into. And liquid metal reactors are good for reasons we don't need to get into. But that they're not the same thing. And so, like, referring to nuclear power as one singular process of energy production is crazy because they're two
1: very distinct technologies. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm more into the Mako reactor. Know what I'm saying, boys? <laughs> back on, and speaking of the Mako reactor, why don't you introduce our guests so we can get into some game talk. Yeah. bringing it back to games. Oh, we are kind of we're coming around. We've we've been kind of pulling on old canon characters from the Game Boy's uh, legacy. You know, it's been probably well over a year and a half since we've had this guest on. He's one of our number one supporters. He's one of our soldiers on the front lines. He's Given the reviews, he's 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 attacking our rival podcasts with us. Uh and he's just a longtime friend and collaborator, comedian. Welcome back to Game Boys Jacob gerstel Hey, thanks for
2: having me, guys. What
1: an introduction. Yes, uh, what an introduction and what uh what patience the guests displayed. A lot of guests, they uh they chime in and i don't know how you couldn't with with the incredible conversation we were having but you you withdrew you 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 kindly waited to be introduced
2: yeah well to be fair i had not heard this uh bolcom story so i didn't want to sound ignorant <laughs> you know sure. talking yeah. like i knew it it's important was going on, on show
0: not to sound ignorant because we're very <laughs> intellectually intimidating, me and Griffin. So. Yeah,
2: well, I also have a, a memory of Lux uh, explaining nuclear power to me on Facebook one time. So I also wanted to stay away from the Chernobyl talk because he a, clearly knows more than me. <laughs> it's the
0: thing about which I am passionate because I do think it's a necessary step to glean, to clean energy.
2: In no, it's good. You were, the, you were the explanation I was looking for when I asked.
1: Now, and every time we get down one of these roads, I'm like, man, one day... SNL interns are going to have to listen to Lux ramble about this shit just to see if I say anything crazy.
2: Yeah, like (laughs) mocker reactors.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I'm just
0: getting you out of trouble by going on these rants so you don't have time to do any of your horrifying impressions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we kind of really we cut the impressions early on you were yeah. you said early on that we should not do those anymore
2: yeah i really i really hope snl t- starts looking at podcasts more for people that they are looking to hire given the <laughs> yeah, news and
1: then, then you know
0: doing the thing that's on uh the fucking
1: doing the thing that's actually what the show is
2: yeah well
1: <laughs> I think we come up with a new term where it's like you're temporarily hired unless anyone in the next three days finds anything. And it's kind of like a it's a kind of like a wild uh, rat race hunt.
2: Yeah, but I also feel like they should have found the Shane Gillis stuff before. Like they hired him like it was not very hard to find. There is multiple instances, but it was hard to watch.
1: There was like an
0: article about it from before they hired him. <laughs> yeah. In like a Philly newspaper that was like, this is a guy who sucks. Yeah. And they, <laughs> and like They didn't even like do a cursory Google
1: search. <laughs> no, apparently not. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah um, but we all still watch South Park. Anyways. Uh, oh, I, I have not. <laughs> for years. Some of us do a podcast about it. Shouts out to my job. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're not gonna come for wisecrack yet. Uh, So moving on uh, Jacob what's
2: been going on What have you been playing this week Oh man no no video games uh, But I've been going hard on the tabletop games
0: Oh Uh, speaking my fucking language
2: (laughs) Hell yeah I'm about to start a 5e campaign uh, That'll be like bi-monthly I'm doing a weekly Naruto tabletop game With some buddies Very nice Oh Uh, shit what
0: system is the Naruto game in
2: It's like a homebrew It's called like Five Nations Something oh, I, like that. Cool. Uh, I
0: didn't look that up. I do not know about that, but that sounds yeah, sweet.
2: It's great. The format is so bad that uh one of my buddies literally reformatted the entire book, but the rules are solid. Cool. Uh
1: well, I uh, I re- I recently just got dragged on Twitter today uh, because uh, I I've been using my 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 fr- my friend's family's Hulu account to watch all of Naruto, and they <laughs> they just tweeted at me saying, well, "What the hell happened to our our Hulu? Griffin's fucking it up." All of our
2: suggestions are anime now. <laughs>
1: I, I thought I was kind of like yeah, being incognito about it, but no, they definitely know I'm watching anime. <laughs> I was like, "How
0: do you be incognito? It just tracks what you watch and then tells them." Them. like
1: <laughs> yeah maybe i shouldn't have made a, a, a hulu account called naruto fan number one the <laughs>
2: maybe only way, oh, the only way the story i
1: think we might have the same thought here
2: yeah the only way the story could be funny is if you're watching boruto instead of naruto
0: <laughs> about his idiot son um yeah wait so jay have you been doing table do you play tabletop games for a long time or is it like a new development for you um
2: i've been playing on and off for years uh the Group I'm playing weekly with has been the most consistent. Like we've been doing it for about a year and a half, two years now. Like every oh, week, we've played a couple systems. Uh, Exalted, the Naruto game. I think we're gonna run Shadow Run next, uh, possibly. Oh, Shadowrun's
0: Run's hella fun.
2: Yeah, that one I might DM. Um, but I've been doing like on and off with buddies for years, but like never finished a campaign ever. So like this is it's new to me to like be consistent with it, and I've really, really diving deep. My whole life is a, just a
1: nightmare string of text messages on different apps about scheduling that just like they thought of adding another one to like have to play it like a board game in the same room as people it's just exhausting to me at this point
2: yeah we can do it online
0: yeah you can use like roll 20 or something do it online and you can also just like I, we just like I play in th- I'm in like three RPGs right now. I guess like two that are currently active and like one that's on a temporary hiatus. Hell yeah! And like they meet every week. We meet the same day at the same time every week, and everyone just knows to be there. And so like I just know that like Tuesdays I'm going to be playing Void Scent and
1: th- th- Saturday is Dungeon World, and Sunday sure. <laughs>
2: Dungeon World, <laughs> and, nice, and
1: Mondays dude. Mondays Dungeon World. Uh, Jacob, let's not make videos anymore, and let, let's just turn Wednesday night into game night.
2: Honestly. I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this.
0: I'm I, going to be in L.A. in a couple of weeks, and uh, I have a couple one shots. If you want to sit down and play through some uh, space themed RPG one shot shits I have working on. I
2: 100 percent do. Uh, okay. it's, cool. That's now happening. Well, yeah, extended the yeah. invite. It's,
0: on, it's on the podcast. It's real. Um, yep. But that fucking rules, man. I love tabletop shit. Well, well, what have you been playing this week? Um, this
1: week, I have been continuing my journey in Deadly Premonition. Hell yeah. We've been talking a little bit on the phone about this and just about work and other stuff. And I just kind of casually hear you experience Deadly Premonition in the background. And it sounds so good. It's like a
0: couple things I've noticed from my recent excursions is that uh, when it's raining, you wear a poncho. And when you run wearing the poncho, your entire suit jacket clips through the poncho at every step you take. Um that's like a terrible animation for a PS one. And this game was for the Xbox 360. Um, So that's like a real embarrassment. Uh, Also, they do a lot of animating characters. They only give them like two or three movements that just repeat over and over and over again, every time they talk, which is very distracting. Also recently I lost my car and had to, Run two hundred or two thousand five hundred yards on foot in the game with having to take breaks about every hundred yards because my guy would get tired. It took about thirty five minutes to get where I was going in the game.
1: Now, I kind of like, uh, you know, I'm feeling better than about my four point five and kind of preventing it from the perfect score because for these reasons, exactly. It's like, yeah, a lot of times the jankiness is funny, but sometimes it's like exhausting to get through. But I kind of loved it.
0: It was so funny running <laughs> through the whole town just
1: being like, when am I going to get to the community center? Like, Yeah, that sounds it's, great. That nice. okay. so far away? Sticking to your five out of five. I like that. Well, in my side of the world, uh, I'm still playing that WoW classic, baby. My man. It's so nice to just kind of go to sleep to it. I literally, I find myself like falling asleep at the keyboard. Man. You are just like a real punishment pig, dude. Like, well, Here's the thing is uh I found myself last night like I woke up and I had like accidentally pulled the boss because I was just walking <laughs> forwards. Uh And I was like, OK, yeah, nice. It's like time to fall asleep. I didn't play for nine hours. I played for like two, but it was just like something to go. It's like sleepy time.
0: I understand that. But every description from you and everyone else I know who's playing that game is that like it's rough in the way that like deadly premonition is rough and that things just don't work except that it's
1: not like hilarious. It's just like painful. And so like, but what if there was thousands of like other detectives running around deadly premonition, like helping you? I mean, that would, I think it would be fun,
0: but it sounds like, and that's what makes
1: it good. All right, man. I'll take your
0: word for it. It's still not going to play it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's then. This is not. A, I'm not trying to sell this lifestyle to anyone because only the elite choose it, uh, and it's not for everyone. Typically, which is typically the games that I play. Uh, you know, Sekiro, uh, Dark Souls, World of Warcraft vanilla. Um, what was the other thing I was into on this podcast? Overwatch? Yeah, yeah, that one too. Uh, you know, it's that's that's what it's all about for me. <laughs> but guys, I think I need a little warm up uh before we talk about the game in question cuz it's a big one. It's kind of it's a lot of responsibility, you know, it's not it's not an easy game to talk about and it's not going to be an easy episode. So let's warm up with a little bit of everyone's favorite video game news show. Welcome back to Toxic or Toxic. Uh, guys, as you know, this is a show where I, or this is the segment where I tell you guys stuff that happened in the video game news and you tell me from the gut if you feel like it's toxic, as in bad gamer culture, incel, get it off my internet, or if it's doo 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 doo, toxic as in the Britney Spears song, which is a slap hit banger, and Jacob, you know the rest. Let's start, guys typically this game there's a lot of toxic stuff i think this might be a good week for everyone uh subject you know news story number one you can play as gritty in nhl 20 the video game <laughs> <laughs> a very this easy is so do do fucking, do do that's do. so good this yeah, is, that, everyone's oh, favorite fighter. i might fighter. fucking buy the game just for that
0: it's the gritty game yeah, it's crazy that they'd put Antifa in NHL twenty twenty, but I'm into it. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Uh that's great, especially if he's really bad at the game. Like he just keeps <laughs> slipping and falling.
0: I do love that about Gritty is they could keep trying to make gritty social media content, and so it's all like Gritty doing X or Y, and he's like only ever okay at best at the stuff he's doing. It's
1: like Gritty <laughs> right.
0: throws an axe and it's like, Well, he hit the wood the target was on, so like that's not terrible. Like that's okay. He's trying his does. best.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Gritty's just gonna start milking shaking people left and right as an antifa member uh, okay moving on uh rockstar rolls out its new pc launcher giving away san andreas for free yeah it's a free game it's one of the best games ever made what's
2: what's their launch like they have their own system now what do you i have no laundry? it's
1: some it's like you know how everyone's got like you know how blizzard has its own app or you can like play the games from or whatever yeah
2: it's like that i guess
0: See, that's, oh, okay. that's my one problem i do think that there is like a real problem with these like bespoke platforms for like video game launching stuff yeah um but it's not bad enough or specific enough that it overrides a cool free game
1: it does have jeremy renner app vibes to it
2: like do we really need this extra store um no <laughs> we don't but it's not if as long as you don't have to pay extra for it or like bans you
1: okay uh moving on batman coming to fortnite sure i don't know yeah. whatever the no. media <laughs> man, who cares i'm saying freaking Dude. toxic on this one boys oh uh, why uh because batman first of all doesn't kill and in a game where you kill to be the last one what's batman gonna do if are you guys gonna make batman kill in this game I mean, batman kills oh, in point. batman for superman yeah and i walked <laughs> out of the theater yeah i mean batman sucks I ripped my my big, large son out of the seat and said, let's get out of here. I
0: grabbed my son Groundsley and said, we're leaving. Forget you uh, ever saw this movie. Then I dropped a coconut on his head so he'd never remember.
2: Uh, well, when you put it like that, I'm also toxic. Yeah, I yeah that's, I mean, it that's sucks that's because not cool. Batman
0: sucks. I'm not really concerned with Batman canon.
1: Oh, well, my fucking it's like Fortnite's like just like a walking advertisement now. Like you just it's. It's just kind of it's gotten super shitty. And also, I mean, I'm still fucked up off Weezer Island. You're still I guess you're right. I guess there is uh, there is good and evil in the world. Uh, Moving on. After 22 years, Ash Ketchum has become the Pokemon League champion. That's
2: insane to me.
1: (laughs) I mean, dude, like he's earned it, but also like. What did they do to his face? Oh,
2: yeah. Yes.
1: Important question to ask. The art style of... Uh, looks a little different on him now.
2: Yeah, I've heard the animation's better, but the art is like more childish. I haven't watched Pokemon since the first season, and I never finished it. Uh, so as far as I was concerned, he had won like in 1997. So this is news to me.
1: <laughs> news to you that yeah, he's been just losing for decades. <laughs> he's just a constant loser. I do love this this like theme where they're just like, yeah, we're gonna wait about 30 years like for him to win. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I'll give it a. Yeah, good, it's is- good to win.
1: I'm saying, it's it. go, I'm saying it's good to play the long game. Good to stick your head down. Uh, you know, do 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 for the win. Uh, toxic for the art. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Finishing out earlier this week, Twitch suspended a streamer named Kuko for wearing a cosplay of Street Fighter Chun-Li on stream, deeming her outfit sexually suggestive. Oh,
2: toxic. Toxic. Like yeah.
1: cosplay is chill and Chun-Li is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, he
0: was they sitting banned, down. If they had suspended him because chun a fucking cop, then yeah. maybe we could talk. Well,
1: yeah, I think a doo doo do. If it's if they're banning cops from Twitch streaming, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, but to add a little more information to the story, they've also been banning some other people. Uh, this weekend, Twitch took aim at a SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom streamer <laughs> who would use the emote SpongeBob Ripping His Pants... Uh this too was sexual in Twitch's eyes. Twitch, the, what
0: the fuck? <laughs> and,
1: the, and the emote was disallowed. Uh it's Twitch, like banning shit doing? that was on Nickelodeon.
2: That's doubly toxic because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a children's show.
1: Yeah, like underpants aren't evil. Like <laughs> So, yeah, who's getting horny from this at twitch
0: no, no, yeah, that's no the one. thing
1: who's at twitch vetting this and being like "Ooh, that gets me a little too spicy seeing spongebob's <laughs> tiny ripped undos. yeah sorry i only watched veggie tales as a kid <laughs> um the most unfuckable cartoon characters
2: it's an animation i want that, to do with that i <laughs> mean veggie that that tales are or caillou
0: right the most, yeah. unf- the most unfuckable cartoons.
2: Uh, they're all they're all
1: children, guys. We it's not. It's You're not right, a they, competition. Good no, no, the veggie no, the Veggie Tales are god fearing adults. Oh, are they adults? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No, like the motive. Veggie Tales
0: are adults. Caillou's a child, which makes Caillou initially like uh, utterly unfuckable, yeah, and also which is, is why
1: I'm still getting on SNL and Lux isn't. Moving yeah. on, but it's not my fault that, that Caillou's is was... ugly, unfuckable
0: <laughs> giant. That that's their fault. They made that choice.
1: Okay, well, it's gonna get really awkward when I get on SNL with Caillou, and then all these comments are up in the air.
2: Yeah, your baller Caillou impression is really gonna get you on SNL. Yes, look, if if
1: Caillou comes for you, send him to me. (laughs) Okay, Uh, that was toxic or toxic. Thank you for playing, guys. uh, Well, uh, Jacob, you've brought us a game today one of the big boys I'd say what do you think Lux oh yeah this is amongst the boys one of the biggest (laughs) yes um but before we talk about this particular boy we should talk about a certain boy named Ken Levine So let's get into a little bit of history about this game. In 1997, Ken Levine and his colleagues left Looking Glass Studios to form Irrational Games. Their first game, System Shock 2, was well-received critically, but very few people actually bought the game. Over the next five years, Irrational would create other games, but Levine always dreamed of getting another attempt at making a System Shock 3. In 2002, Levine and the team had a rough template for gameplay, but there was no theme. Levine would bounce from settings and errors in an irrational fashion. At one time the game took place in a World War II era Nazi laboratory that had been unearthed by 21st century scientists. Another version was set aboard a space station overtaken with genetically mutated monsters and run by a mysterious cult. It wasn't until one random day when Levine walked through Rockefeller Center in New York City and was struck by the Art Deco style buildings and the greater myth of the self-made man Rockefeller himself that he came up with the underwater city of Rapture. As Levine began envisioning the city he incorporated the ideas of dystopian and utopian thinkers from the 20th century, including Ayn Rand, Aldous Huxley and George Orwell, uh, considering their ideas, fascinating. While the team made a game about a man with an unyielding vision that led to dystopic nightmares, a mirror version of that was occurring inside Irrational Games. The setting had been found, but the team found themselves constantly at odds with Levine. Levine was known to start fights, distrust talented employees as threats, and would force people into round-the-clock crunches to complete his vision. Surprisingly, it released in 2007 to critical and financial success. It's known as one of the greatest games ever made, and its iconic setting and themes have become a new standard for storytelling in gaming. Despite the success, many of those on the team would leave Irrational to pursue other projects due to late development strife that occurred. This week, it's Bioshock.
0: Hell yeah. What a game. Yeah. The game, one of the games I wrote about for my occasionally referenced thesis that I wrote about video games and philosophy.
2: Oh, really? I guess yeah. that makes sense with this game.
0: Oh, cool. Can you just read that? No, we can Instead talk about, about it when we get to a <laughs> part where it's relevant, for sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll definitely get there. So, uh, why'd you pick this game, Jake? Uh, well, freshman year, Jacob uh, loved this game. It had all had all the sweet spots for him. It's a uh, horror-themed biopunk uh biopunk like period you consider piece. yourself
1: a little bit of a biopunk as a kid
2: yeah dude biopunk's a fun genre but yeah, yeah. it's like a horror themed biopunk period piece that like has just enough political philosophy to make me feel like an intellectual mm-hmm. uh so i was super excited when this game came out i remember playing the uh demo the xbox demo like 20 times before it even came out, which is like the first 15-20 minutes of the game. Um, So I was super in on day one and like played this game a lot and Mm. like beat it and like really got into it. Uh, So I have very fond memories of it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's a really incredible game in a lot of ways. For me, man, it was like it was one of those times where You like games in the course of your life, big ones, they like show you, oh, video games can be this now. Mm -hmm. Like, I think one of those was like when the first time I saw World of Warcraft and I saw people online playing together. It's like, oh, video games can be like this. And then, like, the first opening of when I played Bioshock and you're on a plane and you crash and you surface and you swim towards a tower and you take it down and the video starts playing and it opens up and it shows you the city. Like, I never really seen anything as immersive as that. Like I like I was felt like I was just like totally uh, in in a world unlike I'd seen before. Um,
2: um, yeah, I was hooked in that first fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, it's it's the, one of the best openings I think to any game. Yeah, it's got that cool cutscene. Then you're hanging out and you see just a plane crash and then you're going down and like. This weird guy, Andrew Ryan, talks to you about philosophy for a while and then you see this really cool setting and then it gets really scary. Like it's one of the games I have memories of of being like genuinely scared when you're in the bathosphere, and that splicer kills the person for the first time and then yeah. like jumps up and starts scraping along the walls. Yeah, it's one of the few times the game's legitimately scary, but like it's I remember it to this day. It's very effective. Yeah. Um, no, it's like a
1: very, it's a very creepy game in a way that I hadn't played before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just this like, this like city that was like mysterious, but also like destroyed, like said something bad had happened here. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was really cool. Um, and yeah. And like you mentioned uh, these like audio uh, people just talk to you in the game the whole time as you go around the world. And that was yeah. also like. Uh, I know games have done it in the past, but I think this was like one of the first times I'd played a game that like was told entirely from this perspective. Like it was simultaneously like you people talk to you, but it was a very lonely. Like you were like always desperate in Bioshock to find a person that wasn't fucked up and trying to kill you. Anyone who was sane in any way. Anyone who's in any way. just desperate. this game
0: also like came out pretty much not immediately after, but very soon after Roger Ebert's infamous like video games cannot be art thing.
1: Mm -hmm, Um, Right.
0: Like uh, almost like it was a pretty direct follow-up. And I remember reading that because I guess like I was well, this came out like (laughs) 2000 Games
1: cited for article, uh, Pong, Tetris, Snake.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like what was it? It was like 2007 (laughs) when this game came out, right?
2: So I was like 16,
0: 17, something like that. And like this it, it was just like such a direct response to the Roger Ebert shit about how games like because you're in it, you can't like feel the same way about things, you don't have like the God's eye perspective or whatever. And, like, the way that, like, the player's interaction, like, destroys, like, authorial intent and all this bullshit. And, like, this game fucking, like, just put the torch to that shit in such a major way and was just, like, no, actually, they can have themes. They can have clear stories. There can be, like, authorial intent and twists and, like, ideas buried in there that, like, and and that you can use the mechanics to, like, flesh out those ideas more. Like, oh, yeah, the fucking the little sister thing is so cool because, like. This is also we can talk about this later. This is also like one of my problems with the game, but we'll get to that later. But like, it's so cool because like, if you do what Andrew Ryan says to do, like a great objectivism, just eat these kids, you get stronger. Like you can get stronger at the expense of everyone else. The way that like yeah. Andrew Ryan wants you to, or you can like be a good guy and not eat the children.
2: Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, I think uh, it's yeah. so fucking so smart. I think
1: I think this game really sh- proved Roger Ebert uh, wrong. I give him two joysticks way down. <laughs> Out of Down four. six feet under in the grave. Six feet under. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Is, that, is that where he is? Oh, yeah. He's dead as shit. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Yeah, like a mid, fucking coward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knew we were coming. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh,
2: but to go to go back, uh, it's some of the most immersive world building uh, yeah, or like some of absolutely. the best world building I've seen. Because like uh, Griffin was saying, you're kind of just like a faceless everyman because you're supposed to be like the players you're supposed to. You're supposed to are supposed to represent the player, um, obviously, but like you get bits and pieces of the world in Rapture through these audio recordings that you find throughout the game. And like it slowly builds up like mm-hmm. what happened. Like because there's, like, a civil war, and, like, the city's going to shit, and it mm. just sort of helps you unravel it slowly, which is, uh, I think, the best way to do any world building. Like, slow, realistic reveals through the eyes of a bunch of characters. And who they all
1: like- have, like, a clear, like, political and, and philosophical story behind each one, too. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, each... The the city is basically the setting is like all of these libertarian type thinkers who like weren't allowed to do the bullshit they wanted to do on the real world, like yeah. like all like funded together to make this city under the water where there was like no rules or laws and you could kind of experiment with science and technology, but then that all kind of went horribly wrong as any libertarian utopia is going to. Yeah. Uh and but but like each Part and phase of the city, like, kind of exemplifies like why these principles eventually backfire and stuff.
2: Yeah, should we get into the philosophy of the game? I mean, Absolutely not. We,
0: okay, <laughs> fine, dude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely can. It, well, it's the it's cool because it's a really specific critique of just like Anran generally and objectivism generally, right? Like, it's yeah, it's basically making this case that like you can get a bunch of people together and let them do whatever they want, but eventually they're gonna run up against each other and everything's gonna fall the fuck apart. Yeah. Um, which is like pretty true. And the game bears it out in a lot of really cool ways, like between the Atlas and Fontaine plots and, and Andrew Ryan and um, uh, fucking what's her name? Uh, Tenenbaum. Yeah. 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 And the scientist lady who develops all the plasmids like. Yeah. There's there's so many like reasons The I mean, the game like gives just makes the case against like Andrew Ryan's philosophy by like showing you like the hollowed out corpse. But also Showing you little snippets of like stuff that still works.
2: Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and that's kinda, part of the
0: cool thing about it too.
2: Yeah. I mean it's 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 very clearly a critique of objectivism, uh, and like unfettered capitalism and letting the free market like <laughs> r- decide how to run a city. Uh, but I also really like the character of Andrew Ryan. I find him very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh and like kinda cool is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow yeah like (laughs) this is a man who truly lives by the objectivist principles and like the I'm just thinking about the final time you see him uh, and it's like a man chooses a slave obeys speech Uh, and I'm just kind of thinking like shit At least this guy, like, believes it, and it's kind of cool that he, like, decides to get, like, he got caught, he's gonna, the free market decided it's time for him to die. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a free market decision. Because he could have stopped, he could have stopped you, like, he... He does stop you. And then he decides like, all right, kill me because he knew that he'd lost. And like, it's still obviously a critique of objectivism, but it, there is something kind of heroic about him sticking to those principles. Yeah. Ayn Rand was also smashed by a golf club. Yeah. I also, oh, a-
0: Speaking of Ayn Rand, I love they just gave him her backstory. Oh yeah! Like if yeah. you follow his backstory, it's like he grew up in the Soviet Union, and then he got freaked out by all the Soviet Union stuff. So he came to America for freedom reasons, and then America wasn't freedom enough. So he got mad at it, which is like yeah. Anne Rand's <laughs> entire it's, it's her life. That's exactly yeah. what she did. Yeah, the only thing they left out is the part where he the uh, uh, the only part they left out is the part where uh, she famously put a curse on that guy's dig.
2: Um, Which, (laughs) yeah. Which he probably, there's probably an audio book. There is an
1: audio book of that. You find (laughs) find the tape, and he's like, oh, I'm so mad. (laughs) Yeah, there's one big daddy that's waddling a little weirdly. Yeah. (laughs) Because of his hexed hog. Because of his hexed hog.
2: Yeah. And lest lest people think uh, I'm a libertarian, I'm not. I think objectivism (laughs) is bad and libertarian uh, philosophy doesn't work. I just think it's interesting. Like like what Lux also brought up of like, you can live by that principle if you decide to harvest the little sisters because you do get more Adam and more power if you sort of are selfish and do things for yourself. Um, and you don't if you choose not to, uh, but you feel better about yourself because you're not a amoral monster. And you can. And, do I, the old, and uh, I
1: think the problem with libertarianism is that it was underwater. And maybe if they'd put it up <laughs> in the sky, everything would have worked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, They should make a game about that. Um, they should make a game about that.
0: But yeah, and it also like on the on the Little Sisters thing like it. You can sort of do like the Kant thing and be like, if I extra- extrapolate my actions out to everyone, what does that look like? And if you're just eating all the kids, it is bad. That's a bad world of people just running around eating kids. And if you don't, it's like a good one. And so it's, it's very interesting. And it does like Andrew Ryan being kind of heroic kind of speaks to this. Uh, and also just like some of the stuff you see that still looks good speaks to it. like, there is an allure and like yeah. a, a, like a reason why people want to buy into this philosophy. And the game knows that. And so it's not yeah. like a game that just is like, there's this thing and it sucks and we hate it. Cause it's obviously bad. Instead. It's like, we get like, why, people buy into this idea. Yeah. They um, could just
1: shoot fireballs out of their
0: hands. Yeah. Shit. yeah I mean, there's for bees. Sure is a
1: big part. You could just summon bees. I'm sorry. Some of this shit works. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: remember being like whatever age I was and like, get my dad. It's awesome. <laughs> I remember whatever age I was and my dad getting game, like a game informer or something that had like a, the article about this. And I remember that being like, and in the game, it's so crazy. You can shoot lightning at water and electrocute other people in the water and i was just like holy shit i got to play this game and you like there's like three spots in the game where that's like useful but it's so yeah. cool and at the time it was like such a mind blowing experience of like environmental interaction like every part of that game just fits together to make this world that like yeah you're
2: in in like a real way it's a, it's a beautiful looking game too like the art deco style and like it's just a really lush late 50s early 60s aesthetic that i I really dig. Uh,
1: it's all like also painstakingly like specific in every way. There's not like a levels or hallways where it's just like oh this is like busy areas. It's like every area kind of leads and connects you to another with like horror elements. Yeah. Whether it's like writings on the wall or like sounds you hear in the next room. Like it's really all it's it's de- it's like it's very dense small worlds that are really cool to check out. Um. But let's talk then a little bit about. How- them sticks
2: feel oh man those sticks feel pretty simple uh (laughs) it's not not a complicated game uh you get like four or five i played the xbox version you have like you use every button it does one thing and it's pretty easy to toggle stuff uh it's real streamlined and and simple and honestly not that difficult but i like that about it uh there's no like crazy and as much as i enjoy like crazy item management that's not really that here it's more streamlined to get you from point A to point B so you can learn more about philosophy
0: yeah I mean the game right the game It hits a really good balance of like there's challenging stuff to do that's like difficult little puzzles and fights or whatever but the game itself is pretty intuitive the system makes sense and it's like hard enough that you feel like you're playing a game but easy enough that you never get stuck for too long so you can just keep moving along the story and like the theme beats in a way that is like
1: propulsive and fun yeah for me, uh, I I kind of liked that you weren't like more fluid of a character because it did make it feel harder in that way and scarier in the way that like when a Resident Evil game, you kind of move slow and aim slow. There is like something to feeling ineffective in a scary world that like heightens that sense of horror. And uh, I were playing the game in high school and being like, this is like kind of hard. I kind of got to think about what to do or I'll get murked. Um, yeah. And I, so I liked kind of that element to it. Um, I always felt like I was like, like on the right level of like, man, I'm trying to survive this. And I also like that you kind of had to conserve certain types of ammo and like save them up for when, you know, like a big daddy was coming and you would like need to really like blow it up with a bunch of stuff. Um, I like that. And I feel like it hit, struck all the right amount of like balance where it's like, it wasn't super hard, but it brought me a challenge. I had to conserve ammo, but it wasn't a pain. Like it just kind of hit that sweet spot. Right. Yeah. Well, you you kind of nailed it, right? It's like, it was hard enough and designed enough that you had to think about
0: what you were doing. And it's a game that like, very actively wants you to think um, constantly throughout it. And so it's challenging enough that like you're always paying attention and locked in so you can't just breeze through it. So you have to pay attention like the little details and things that happen that make you think about the world and the philosophy. Yeah. Um, but it's not so hard that you're like, oh, I'm thinking about is how to make sure I kill all the, like nine of these splicers before that big daddy eats my ass or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're thinking just about that, then you miss a lot of the little details and things that make like the, the intellectual element of the game. So like deep and resonant.
2: Uh, the Big Daddy fights especially are, uh, I recall being like different, like you had to set up traps in advance yeah. if you could and like like do trip wires and all that, uh, which kind of in like sh- Shadow of the Colossus territory, the other game I talked about on here, uh, when you're fighting the Big Daddies is always kind of sad because they're just like guardians to these little girl, little little girls yeah. um and all they want to do is protect them and it's really sweet like when you see them pick them up and like put them on their shoulders or like put them in a hiding hole to fight and then you just just like murder them uh it always made me feel real bad
1: right yeah it is kind of a, it's like a morbid affair because they're because the, you see them like later like fighting like evil splicers and stuff to try to protect the girl too so it's like it's just doing its best yeah like you look just as fucked up as like all the other ones yeah
2: which yeah. I think is goes big into the, the choice element of it. Like the, the kind of role playing aspect where when you, you know, kill a big daddy and you get uh you find a little sister, you can choose to either save them or kill them. Um, I like, I like that they ha- gave you the choice um, in a game that's kind of thematically about how you have no free will, but I found it a little too black and white, um, and, like, I never struggled with it. Like, to me, it's really hard to justify killing a child. Uh,
1: it's tough to watch. Yeah, yes. and,
2: like, especially the way the game ports, like, you grab this little girl after yeah. she's crying about you killing a big daddy, and, yeah. then, like, you're holding her, and you have to decide whether to kill her or not. I'm like, no, I'm gonna let her go. I, feel like, an, yeah. I feel like a real asshole right now. I, I think a big... A
1: big big problem for me is is not just the like the very first obvious layer of just fucked upness but the fact that like the game actually doesn't like really make that a clear mechanic difference in the game like you only get 10 percent more adam for killing the girl yeah uh so it's really like not that much more and you don't really suffer any other like Bad like like disadvantages for doing that really yeah uh, so it's like a choice that doesn't like really like affect the gameplay too much it just does, it does affect
2: your ending though yeah I I never had to think about whether to save them or not
1: I did it once and I was like well I'm can't I can't watch that ten more times Like yeah, that's it's brutal insane. this is
0: actually the part where like there's sort of the interesting theoretical element of this game of like so this game was like the first game that inspired like I guess it was like the second. Because yeah, Ian Bogos wrote about bully. But aside from that, there's like the first game that inspired like real like games criticism in the way of art criticism. Um, and one of the big things about that was this idea of what they call ludonarrative dissonance, which is this idea that like the game's mechanics like didn't jive with the story or the themes
1: it was going for. Oh, and we've talked many a times on this podcast. Yeah, at least a few. Um,
0: and so in this game, the reason why that was true, and I think it's really interesting, is that You, They have the mechanic of it's better to kill the kids than not kill the kids because you get the extra juice. And that makes sense with the themes and stuff. The problem is that another part of the story is that Atlas is like, help me. And you have to. Um, You can't not help Atlas, which runs directly contrary to like the objectivist idea of like, it's better to eat the curls or whatever.
2: Right. Um, But that kind of that kind of feeds into the you never had a choice like you had to help him because you're.
1: Bring The, the but choice is illusory liber- and stuff. Yeah, but isn't libertarianism all about making the choice to be selfish? So, like, that all conflicts for me a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just didn't quite add up the way it just it didn't add up the way that it was like super supposed to, and the twist of the end that you never had any choice. I like because I think that choice is illusory generally, and we can get into that if we want to, but it's well, I'm gonna make a much longer podcast. Um <laughs> but uh I th- and I think that's interesting, but I think the game was trying to make this, like, point about, like, the choice to be selfish, like Griffin's saying, and then, at the end, and then, like, the but the plot is based on a choice you don't get to make to do unselfish stuff.
2: Yeah, um, so- I do... I took to briefly touch on that Alice point. I do kind of wonder if that was the intention. Uh, Cause even like nine ninth grade me, uh, I never trusted that motherfucker. Like the second he started talking and he said he has a family in this like burnt out husk of a city. I'm like, you're bullshit. And there's no way you have a family here. Like they would either be long dead. or You'd have them. Who are you? I kind of got that vibe slowly, which I really liked. But I was yeah. like,
1: okay, I didn't see him this time. Okay. I got through this part and we were supposed to meet here and I still didn't see him am I being ghosted right now? Like what's going on? And like, I slowly got suspicious of him, but you right away were like, Oh, right away. Like
2: motherfucker in, in the fucking, uh, when I played the demo he's like, I got, I got a family. You got to help me. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I believe that. They actually changed his
1: voice actor to make him even seem more less, like less guilty, like more chill because apparently his voice, his earlier voice was like even more evil and obvious.
2: Oh, the voice acting great. Like he's, it's yeah. a great disarming Irish accent for sure. Yeah. It yeah. He's like, that's uh, a real
0: like gang's of New York energy. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I, which but, I mess with for sure.
2: Yeah. So I wonder if the game takes that into account at all of like, should you, you should just be selfish and like not trust him, but still go along because he's helping you survive. Uh, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. I mean, that's,
1: that's totally a fair read. I think, um, I just, for for me, it's like, I actually care less and less about the, 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 the hard plot of the game in the, in the last quarter, because I don't really care about like, Oh, I was like a guy that got his brain wiped or something like, or doesn't have his memories or something. Right. I
2: think you're, you're genetically modified. Child to grow really fast, and you had implanted memories. I right. think that's what happens, it like something
1: like that. But I was like that 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 part like didn't ring as true to me as like the story of a city that's like eating itself. Yeah, uh, right. and that's like like the first three quarters of the game is like always oh, my favorite parts to think about narratively, and the last quarter is like yeah okay. The yeah, one no. thing about the
0: end that I do like is the reveal that like you're Jack Ryan or Andrew Ryan, <laughs> Jack Ryan, John, Kuzin, <laughs> your John, Ron, your John. Venezuela is,
1: is underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're
0: Andrew, uh, you're Andrew Ryan's kid and that the whole thing was Atlas sort of using you and your like genetic code to like be able to sneak into things and stuff, which I like because there's the, sort of the clear parallel of like Rapture is as Andrew Ryan's one offspring. The other one is you and like both together conspire to destroy him in a way that I think is like pretty poetic and neat. Yeah,
2: but, I think I'm I'm with Griffin on like up until you meet Andrew Ryan is like great. And then like the scene where you ha- where you kill him is what I remember. And then like after that, like it's kind of a straightforward, like, Oh, Atlas is a bad guy. And now I'll just go kill him. Oh Yeah.
1: The fucking Fontaine plot is very like by numbers, but yeah. like, um. the, the, the but he like tries to like sink an entire part of the city that you're in. Like it, it gets fucking epic. Like, it is cool if, as like, hell. Yeah. He, I think he, I think he just tries to drop all of like Fontaine tower, like off the cliff or something. Like,
2: uh, I, I really, I really dig it. Yeah. Um, the final fights are cool. And then like, mm. he, you, The cutscene where you see all the little sisters just stab him with syringes, I thought was very satisfying. And then if you've been a good guy, they like you get to the surface with all of them and
1: then you die of old age with them all around you, which is like nice. Yeah, I like that. It's a a real uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. (laughs) Great way to die with everyone staring at you as you die. Yeah. I want people to stare at me while I die. I feel like you feel like that for everything. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah uh
1: but yeah so i like the i keep, I keep thinking about the story it, the story really is like what i first love about this game and then it's like the gameplay and then it's just like all this like amazing art and yeah. stuff um the the music i am also very into as well um it's yeah. just great to hear those old creepy tunes
2: yeah and like the, the voice acting too like everyone every character in this is Unique and creepy like I have a very distinct memory of just I don't even know where a random splicer just like singing Jesus loves me this I know. Or the Bible tells me so And I just thought that was one of the scariest Things in the game because all I saw was like a shadow And didn't quite know where they were but like Every voice actor sells it I think that particular
1: scene you come upon her And she's like staring at a cradle And then like once she's dead you look Inside the cradle and there's a gun in the cradle That makes that tracks yeah. <laughs> Uh Yeah it's just like little little tiny environmental stories like that all the time
2: yeah it's 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 an immersive world uh i've played through this game
1: five or six times all the way through it's insanely replayable it's not that
2: long no and there's always something to discover like i i scoured the game uh on like a second or third playthrough to find every audio thing just because i wanted to know and like the 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 setting was so interesting to me that like i just needed more well,
1: any final thoughts before I go to a commercial break? Mm, I got all my shit in. Uh, no,
2: uh, I'll, I'll say final thoughts for after.
1: All right. See you then.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Lux and Griffin is also here. Hi. Hey, bud. Um, so we're here to talk to you about how we make our podcast. And that's by using Anchor, which if you haven't heard about, is the easiest way to do it. And even we can do it. And we are stupid. First Barry. off. Very, very. First off about why it's great is that it's free. It costs
1: literally zero dollars. And that's great for us. Um, but there's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We've been uh, on the go. We've been we've been doing it on our phones and we've been doing it at our homes. Yeah. I mean, we've recorded episodes with me in Mexico and New York and
0: Texas And all over the fucking place. And we've been able to record and keep things moving. So it's been pretty amazing. Anchor's made it really easy. Another thing Anchor's made really easy is distribution. If you, you, it's really easy to set up distribution on there so they can get your podcast to everywhere. People want to hear it. So places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and many more. So that's another thing it can do to
1: make your life easier. And that is difficult to do if you're just doing it on your own. But you know what else makes your life a little easier? money you Moolah. can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership so you know if you're just starting out you can you can get a little bit of uh skin in the game you know you can you can start uh professionalizing this experience yeah and so I mean it's
0: it's all really great it's all really simple and it's the easiest way to make a podcast it's everything you need and it's all in one place at anchor.fm
1: yeah so guys uh, a little call to action for everyone here download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today hey there internet welcome back to the game boys
0: podcast my name is still lux i'm still your host your host is still griffin davis your guest is still jacob gristel and we are still talking about bioshock that's the part of the show where you have our final thoughts on this game boys girls and friends beyond the binary that means that we are going to go in a little quick circle and give our final thoughts sum up what we think about this game and a rating on a scale from one to five joysticks jacob you are the guest so common currency dictates you go first uh
2: love i love the story uh the environment and setting is really immersive scary at times fascinating when it's not um i think the gameplay is smooth and designed just to get you like exploring this world it's not meant to be super difficult uh i've i don't remember it ever being too hard uh like especially in the back half when you have everything but like i don't think it's meant to um and i think i don't know it's just it's a game that really that made me think uh and learn that objectivism is bad, which is always a good uh, message to take away. You were away. a huge fan before. I was I was not. I was I was halfway through the fountain hand and I'm like, <laughs> oh this is bad, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's a game with something to say. Uh it doesn't have to be too complicated about it. I like that. Um I think I gotta give it five joysticks.
1: Woo! Five joysticks starting us off very strong. Wow. Did it get hot in here? Oh. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> All right, but Griffin, uh, you want to go next? Uh, I think, Lux, you should go next. But quick side thought, uh, I've heard that a lot of libertarians actually like the game simply because very because more people than know who Ayn
2: Rand is. Yeah. Well, no one's ever accused libertarians of being very self-aware, so. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Next thing you know, you're gonna have to pay a tax to make toast in your own damn toaster. <laughs> still like the funniest like the funniest thing anyone's ever said
1: in a political event. Oh um, <laughs> I I, uh, I would like that because maybe then my my toaster could be maintained.
2: Oh man, I just had an image of when you finally like, confront Andrew Ryan and he's behind that glass playing golf and he just goes, Debate me, coward. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: throws down the yeah, he throws down the golf club and time yeah. has come. <laughs> um, all right, I'll do this quick. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that a lot of things about my life wouldn't be the way they are without this game because this is the first thing that made me be like, oh shit, games can be smart. Oh shit, like yeah. media can engage things in these kind of ways and I've literally made a career off of thinking that way and approaching stuff that way. Um, Like that's just been my life basically since this game came out. Um, So, I mean, I gotta give it a five out of five. Like, Hell you, can, yeah. you can trace a direct line to like Lux now oh. to the to release of Bioshock because like it's the game that, like, taught me how to read digital media in a real way. And, yeah. like, my, yeah, and, like, my life is analyzing digital media. Like, literally, that's my job and also what I do for fun. Like, I it's a, I'm, do a video game podcast. Like You're an analyst.
2: You're, it t- it turns you into an analyst. Did you yeah. like that Wisecrack episode about Bioshock? Was I directed you, the or?
0: Bioshock 2 one. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but Bioshock 1 was just before I was hired. That is
2: good. I like that.
1: Oh, boy. Well, it comes to me. Again, two weeks in a row. Two fives on the board. I offered, I to, ta- I offered to take this off your hands, bud. You I chose know this. I don't know what's going on. I know it's a very emotional time. Uh, this is obviously a big game, and I knew this coming into this episode. That's why I was so nervous. But, God, I can't – like. Like, I'm thinking about every element of this game, and it all sounds so good when we're talking about it. It's amazing, you know, like, every element is working. It's like one of those first games where I was like, video games are an um, immersive experience. Um, it's so much fun that I've played it through like six times and, and now that we're talking about it, I'm like, I should just replay it again because maybe there's something I missed. It's just like it's like it has every kind of pleasurable thing you want to do in a game. Get a little spooked, get a little action, transport yourself to a new world. Guys, it's a fucking perfect game. It's a 5 out of 5. We did
0: it! Sorry, Deadly Premonition,
1: you couldn't make it, but Bioshock kicked the doors down and joined the club. Of course, it was an obvious choice. I was playing hard to get. Uh, we did it. It joins the ranks.
2: You really had me on the edge of my seat there for Take a second. Take a seat
0: with, uh, Katamari Damacy, that one Tony Hawk game, and for some reason, Halo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Halo, Katamari Damacy, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, uh, wasn't there another one? Probably, I'm sure we just Knights ever the seen the public?
2: public. Which one? You guys had Knights of the Old Republic, I believe. Oh, oh Cotur. yeah. KOTOR,
1: I think, got a five out of five. Yes, KOTOR. Yeah. Well, good thing worry, Jacob's hey, here, well. so we don't have to Wait. ask
0: Haley to splice anything in. <laughs> Look, Halo changed everything. Okay, I'll sure. I, I, I'll also defend Halo. Halo. Here's the thing about Halo. Combat evolved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget that Commonwealth well jacob this is incredible you weren't able to pull it off your first time but you did it this time you brought the boys a perfect game it's something great. that we will freak out and say every time this happens wow i can thank now... you so much for doing this um i, I kind of felt like it was going to happen this time yeah, I mean, this game is incredible. I think this is going to be a five out of five as soon as you're we talking
0: about it. Like I was just watch, I was just playing this game and watching shit for the Bioshock 2 video um, and it was already was very hyped to do this. So I'm, I was on board like that. I'm very happy to yeah. be here.
2: I'm happy uh, I served my purpose. I can now ascend to a higher level yep. in the Game Boy's Canon. Yeah, yeah. You're part of new and old Canon. Now. Yeah, you're kind of like uh,
1: Darth Maul in that way. Oh, wow. <laughs> deep cut yeah. Um, yeah, really deep cut I had to think about it <laughs> yeah I Had to really, yeah. um,
0: well we're pushing time so instead of a segment I'm just going to catch <clears throat> us up on some five star reviews because we did a bad Please. job of reading the new ones we've gotten we've gotten a few new ones um, so I'm just going to read through a couple of these real quick first is by Angel Ray 0802 who says love it really funny show um, that's the whole review what an angel thank you angel uh, uh, the next one is from our good friend uh, the sweet virgin Brian check out his podcast uh, the sweet virgin Brian Oh sweet! Um, uh, it's a good. It's a very
1: funny. Podcast. Wait, did he just did he just say check out the Sweet Virgin Brian no, podcast? No, I'm being, I'm being on nice. our thing. No, I'm that being nice. That was his nice.
0: comment. I'm being <laughs> nice. Um, he says uh, a gamer's paradise. The show is so good that even someone who doesn't identify as a gamer will love it. Great hosts, great guests, great
1: ads. Okay, sounds like a jab at me. Um, I don't understand why. No, that was, it was, it was, it was, it was very thinks, kind. Are are things okay with you and Brian? Like <laughs> yeah. read, so things nice. Are Things are great until I heard this review.
2: (laughs) Ryan's a very nice point. That was a very nice review.
0: (laughs) Um, And the last one is Best Preamble to an Ending Theme Ever by No No Thanks. And they say, Look, this show is great. Good game talk, funny bits, best original ad reads in the business. Let's be honest, the best part of this show is and always has been the outro music. I listen every week eagerly awaiting the ultimate banger to bang all bangers. The only downer is the crew never plays the outro as long as it deserves.
1: Keep up the banging, boys. Okay. Well, thank you, Matthew Morden, maybe. it might <laughs> have
0: been I, maybe, maybe it was Matthew,
1: <laughs> but I don't know. It's by no, no, thanks. So,
2: I mean, show me the lie. It's a banger of an intro and outro.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. If you guys write in, we're going to try and do a better job of keeping up on those now we've been getting more of them lately. Um, and so we want to try that. But I don't really have any kind of segment, so let's just get to the part where we ask Jacob the question we always <laughs> like to ask people, which is, Jacob, you've been a great guest. People are going to want to see more of you where can they go about doing that
2: sure uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at uh jacob gerstel j-a-c-o-b-g-e-r-s-t-e-l uh for don't all talk my- over
0: him spelling the
2: plug what are you doing <laughs> i'm just spelling it again in case anyone wants
1: to hear it. it's jacob the- gerstel <laughs> you're yeah.
2: spelling a it's- different part of it <laughs> it's pretty intuitive uh and uh <laughs> right. subscribe to dad's new apartment uh I've, i do the videos with griffin and uh other past guests connor hurley um we got some stuff coming up hopefully um and it's just a fun time it's an incredible time
1: tweet at us yeah please subscribe like follow unfollow uh do you, griffin do you have anything i got one quick thing No, I don't.
0: Uh, Cool. Well, if you are interested, especially if we have uh, fans who are living in the Houston area or have a reason to be in the Houston area, Party World Wrestling is going to Houston. We're doing a show with stand-up comedian Kath Barbadoro and Street Fight Radio. Um, Oh, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Don't really understand how or why it's happening, but very cool stuff. Um, Uh, I like Kath cath rule Kath rules the fucking street fight guys rule it's gonna be super fucking sweet i'm really happy to be doing a thing with them but um so that's gonna be october 18th i'll get more information out as like we get stream info and stuff but stay tuned and look at the party world wrestling page for more details because it's gonna be Really cool. And there are actually going to be tickets that might sell out. So if you want to be there, you're going to have to maybe do stuff to get there.
1: Oh, I do have a plug. Actually, um, I'm buying a 50 foot Ethernet cable so that I can go fully locked in on all devices, uh, plugged in, no Wi-Fi. So uh, expect a uh, better Internet from me if you're gaming with me soon. Oh, I just bought a hundred foot cord, too.
0: Nice. Not to brag that mine's twice as big, but I also just got an
1: Ethernet. Oh, okay, well, I just bought two more, so that's 150.
0: <laughs> okay, whoa,
2: <laughs> buddy. All right. You just time <laughs> together <laughs> like ropes. That rope. will do it
0: for this week's episode. My name is Lux. I am your host, your co host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Jacob Burke. Your your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your international music is Matthew Morn. Your artist is Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much.
2: Bioshock.